Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It is uh, six minutes past six o'clock. It is War Room Day at the Capitol. Well, at the Ikebox Coffee House across from the Capitol. We are going to be there from 8 till 3 p.m. War Room day. And there's lots to war about, folks. People coming together. How would you feel, by the way? Let, let me, let me, you know, since race is at the center of everything that the Democrats think they can use to continue their hold on tyranny over our lives in every aspect, since race is that thing, let me ask you this. How would you feel as a white person if you were erased from history, what? Fascinating story here on Breitbart about how Google's AI erases white people from history. Huh? The dangers of AI um, are pretty profound, folks. And this is this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is why turning over our thought processes to computer software systems, and that's what AI is, is dangerous to humanity being able to exist. You know, it's one thing, and I've got other things to talk about that are Oregon-centered, and I'm going to get to them in a moment, including another, I mean, th this happens to us in Oregon, it's happened a number of times. An illegal alien, is another Breitbart story, accused of causing officers' death, files a civil rights lawsuit claiming limited English skills make him disabled. His lawyers are... a uh, literally appealing using the Americans with Disabilities Act, an illegal alien who caused the death of an officer, files a civil rights lawsuit, folks. So it's one thing for Google's AI to erase white people from history. It's another thing to see the impact of AI in all areas of our lives where we turn over our ability to understand, to communicate, to think rationally and clearly to a computer software program that is programmed against us because it is. Oh, yeah, AI could be helpful in a number of things. But when it starts rewriting history, when AI starts doing other things, 
like being the source of news. When AI is used, like it was in Mark Thielman's case, to superimpose his picture with a black woman, claiming that he's having an affair with the black woman, when another man's picture was there in the original picture, AI did that. Destroying his life, folks. I want you to just think about this. If AI controls what we see through creating fake news, deep fake videos, AI's doing that, folks. In this upcoming election, you've heard me talk about this for at least a year. This upcoming election is going to, is literally going to feature much AI damage to the cause of liberty. Listen to me. AI is a threat to your personal liberty. Yesterday, NVIDIA, which is a chip maker, they're the biggest in the AI world, came out after the market closed, stock market closing, with their earnings. Their earnings were massively higher. The stock has exploded. <clears throat> it's up some $80 a share right now. I mean, it's 12, 13%. It's dragging the market up big time today. The market could explode potentially to all-time highs. Across the board, it's dragging everything up. It's one company, folks, all based on AI. There's an AI madness. It's every bit as bad as the transgender madness. So, This is dangerous to our liberty. It needs to be reined in at every level. Believe me, it's completely unregulated, folks. It's like lawyers, they're completely unregulated. They self-regulate themselves. How well has that worked out? Oregon Democrats in Measure 110 News. Ronnie, hang on, I'll get to you in a second. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. 503 891220 emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Oregon Democrats agree to stronger criminal penalties for drug possession. This is the Measure 110 rewrite. They got so badly criticized by law enforcement, by DAs, by normal, rational thinking people who understand human nature, you and I and the Oregon Supreme Court that their crazy idea about mandatory deflection wasn't gonna work. Well, they split the baby or tried to. Now they're going to increase maybe up to 180 days for people that get caught with those small amounts of, you know, fentanyl, which is killing hundreds and hundreds of Oregonians. You know that 41% increase, the largest increase in fentanyl deaths in America? Yeah, it's Oregon. Folks, it's because of Measure 110. Now, you know why they're doing this? It's not just because of the Oregon Supreme Court and the fact that these two Democrats leading this joint committee on rewriting this thing, Jason Krupp, no relation. Well, he is a relation to me. I don't know him. He's from. He's a former prosecutor from Bend and former. Prosecutor from Portland, both Democrats, state Kate Lieber, 
You know what really has driven them? It's two things. They're embarrassed, folks. But they hid a letter from the Oregon Supreme Court saying their initial idea wasn't going to work at all. And it got leaked. They hid it from their own committee members. Nobody knew about it until it got leaked. They're embarrassed by it. They're exposed because they're the frauds that they are. And that's what they are. When you do that kind of thing, you're a fraud. Yeah, I said it. They're frauds. But you know what also is driving this? Max Williams and a bunch of Oregon billionaire donors saying, if you don't rewrite Measure 110 and do it right, we're going to put a ballot initiative on the ballot to literally, and they've got time to do it and they've got the money to do it. They'll hire out-of-state signature gatherers and will put an army of them on the streets and people will sign up for this to repeal ballot measure 110 entirely. Now, what's fascinating about this, the people that are supporting measure 110 keep talking about how people are getting hurt. They're getting hurt if we recriminalize it. Well, what about People that are getting hurt today because they come to Oregon where they can get high and destroy their lives. What about their hurt? What about their families hurt? What about the families that are being hurt by the fentanyl deaths in this state? I've seen it. I've felt it personally because this happened to me. What about their hurt? These people are insane. Momentum is with us. That's why the Democrats are agreeing to a lukewarm proposal at best. We'll see if it works. The threat of a ballot measure to repeal Measure 110 has rational thinking people or halfway rational thinking people like Lieber and Krupp into trying to negotiate something that actually works. But if that threat of that ballot measure wasn't there, they wouldn't be, folks. If you and I hadn't have just hammered them along with the sheriffs, along with law enforcement, along with DAs, along with the Oregon Supreme Court, they would be enacting something that would just make it seem like they were doing something because everybody knows this is the base problem facing Oregon. To make it smoke and mirrors, make it seem like they were doing nothing when they were actually going to do nothing. Now they have no choice. And the people that support 110 are making these false arguments that obviously haven't worked. If you and I keep the pressure on this and other things, Democrats have no choice but to at least try to do the right thing. Otherwise, they won't because they're Marxists. Let's go to Ronnie. Ronnie, good morning. Well, I'm going to say this. AI, why don't you just go ahead and say Terminator 2 or iRobots come in effect. When you get people like Soros that buy attorneys, politicians, the cartels, what's going to stop them from using that AI to desecrate people's names and honors? Before you know, we have Minority Report where they'd be arrested for crimes you didn't commit yet. Yeah. Second... The Senate Bill 1583, I'm asking everybody out that is listening 
to please send to Senator Fredericks, Senator, um, I mean, Representative, um, Senator Dembro, and tell those two people, do not let it, do not let it come to the floor in the House. That bill will undermine your parental authority to push these X-rated pedal stuff down on your kids all the way down to first or second grade. And I believe, and you got, I, you'll see me if you look on that hearing from on the 13th. I do not play. I brought up the Bernie Schiff in operation, and I don't play. If people start standing up, we can start taking back our state. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, or anything else. And, Jeff, the last thing I'm going to say, them one put 1,500 acres in solar, you only get about 185 to 228 days to 240 at the best of full sunshine. You know how many megs of power that's only going to put out? Not even 35 megs of power. So you're going to use, if you want to replace the power of the Willamette area, you need to replace 500 megs. You got to replace with almost 60,000 acres of ground. And you're not going to get 100% efficiency. That's right. So may God Ronnie, bless you. There's a story about that today in Willamette Week. I'll get to that and other things. Ronnie, thank you. The hearing on Senate Bill 1583, the work session is today at 3 p.m. You still have time to make a difference. Back in the moment. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. Great to be with you. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to jeff at 1220.am. Jeff at kslm.news. Like the one I got from Dwight. Somehow Joe Biden is canceling the student loan debt of 153,000 student loan borrowers. And he sent them all an email. I hope this relief gives you a little more breathing room. Breathing room for what? His inflation. Do you just wonder how many of those 153,000 that got their debt canceled, how many of them actually in their minds are able to draw the connection between the relief and the reason they need relief from the massive increase in living expenses, which they didn't have under Trump, that they now have under Biden. And by the way, are those living expenses going down? Have your property taxes gone down? Hmm? What about the food at the grocery store? How about at the hardware store? Oh, gas prices have come down a little bit. Oh, goody. They're still twice as high as they were under Trump. We're almost twice as high. You think 
any of those 153. Oh, by the way, did I mention that this is unconstitutional? The U.S. Supreme Court's already struck it down once. And the only way that they'll strike it down again is. Because Biden's giving the middle finger to the Supreme Court. Somebody has to sue them once again. Does any of this surprise you? Oh, there's more news on AI, and I'll get to that in a moment, and we'll get to Rich's phone call. Rich, hang on. 503-589-1220 is the Power of Buke GMZ Talk line. James O'Keefe um, did another undercover cover video. Well, one of his reporters did with an IRS official who says that they use, the IRS uses AI to spy on Americans' bank accounts. Is it constitutional? He was asked. The headline says, I doubt it. Wow. Did you know that was happening? Does it surprise you? Nancy writes regarding AI. Regarding AI, it sounds like the punishments for messaging with a person's life that way should be, that way should be extreme since the outcome is also extreme. Regarding 110, yeah. I say, let's hit the streets now with pretensions and repeal it. When can we start? Add to it, the treatment is mandatory. Get all of these people off the streets. Thanks for letting me spout respects. Thanks, Nancy. Before we go to Rich, got to remind you, right now, the incredible deals on bedding at my pillow are profound. So check them out. I have, you know, I'm going to be soon, very soon, in the next you know, couple of weeks, moving into a new home. I've got queen-size beds. I need all kinds of stuff for those beds. I need towels. I'm buying them all from my pillow at Hughes Discounts, and you can get them too. Best products you'll ever use. Believe me. I'm using them now. I was using them before they became an advertiser on the show. Trust me. Try it. See if you won't agree. Many of you have, and I thank you for that. Because you send me emails from time to time. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code PC23. That's the acronym, the initials of this radio show, Political Coffee. PC23. Get huge discounts. Support your liberty because Mike Lindell's fighting for your liberty in court every day. Just as we are on this radio show. MyPillow.com, PC23. Let's go to Rich. Rich, good morning. Morning. I got three three quick things about what you're talking sure. about. AI is actually just a computer program, so you need to go after who the programmers who did this. Hmm. And yeah. the AI has been AI has been around for years as a program when they monitor stuff, whether it's your inventory at your uh, business or whatever. Remember, it's a program, so you have to go after the human. Next. 153,000 people get their uh, uh, expenses for college paid. Sounds to me like it's probably racist. Like, who are these 153,000 people? Oh, are they uh, interns at the state and federal legislature? Someone picked them. It's not an AI game. The next thing is we have to also think about the idea the Democrats do an excellent job of making bills that don't work so that costs more time for the legislature to fix the problems. So for efficiency, 
we shouldn't allow them to make bills, except maybe one every session. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, this has been a long point. When I was in the legislature, starting in the late 90s, we, we complained about this. The executive branch gets all the state agencies get to introduce um, bills first. And they all get considered first at the request of the governor. And there's tons of them. I like your idea. Let's limit them to one bill per session. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? Well, yeah, it makes sense because they spend all their time the next session fixing their major screw-ups. And the Democrats are excellent at that. One tens a perfect example. So to cut down the problems, you have to cut down the amount of people that are allowed to make bad bills. Well said. Hey, Rich, thanks. Are you going to be in the war room today? I'm going to try. I'm going to go over the uh, Capitol building today. So if I get in trouble and start screaming in my pillow, then I'll just go home. <laughs> At least you'll sleep well on your my pillow. Thank you, Rich. Folks, it's uh, 630. Bye. Hey, get this. James Biden yesterday acknowledged in his testimony that there's no documentation for his $200,000 loan repayment made to Joe Biden in 2018. There you go. The fraud and the corruption is exposed. Back in a moment. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. And we are back, my friends. It is uh, almost 23 minutes before the top of the hour. In just a moment, we're going to chat with somebody you need. If you're a Salem City voter in Ward 5, listen up. Get a chance to vote for somebody who can help Julie Hoy and others stop the madness. Crazy ideas like, hey, let's impose an income tax on all the workers in Salem, whether they live here or not. Because the city council, we just can't seem to keep our, you know, spend within our means, get our house in order. Yeah, we're going to talk with Michael Hoselton. He's a candidate for that in just a moment. Got to remind you, friends, um, we got a couple of warm days coming up. Hallelujah. And then it gets cold. We might get some snow. Good reason for you, before you get the cold temperatures, to call Freedom Heating and Air and have them come out and do a tune-up on your system. Maybe it's time to do that upgrade. They're running an upgrade special right now. Maybe you just need new filters changed. Hmm. Why don't you give them a call? 503-580-1456. You know what? Don't wait until you're miserable in your home. Okay? In fact, don't wait until your system breaks down and you're really miserable. Get ahead of the game. Don't procrastinate. You'll be glad you did when that cold snap hits us next week. FreedomHeatingAndAir.net, FreedomHeatingAndAir.net. Again, call them 503-580-1456. They have great discounts for veterans, 
for senior citizens, apartment managers, and half-priced labor for Gold Star families. Freedom Heating and Air, 503-580-1456. Michael Hoselton. Michael, am I saying your last name correctly? It's pronounced Hoselton. Hoselton. Okay, very good. So you're running uh, in Ward 5 for the Salem City Council. The, the question I always ask people, Michael, is why are you running? I'm running because people ask me to. Um, <laughs> That's a good reason. My neighbors asked me to. Jose Gonzalez, the current counselor, asked me if I would do it two years ago. And, you know, it's a big-time commitment, and I was reluctant because of that. But the city, Jose's retiring, and the city needs reasonable people on the council to deal with our budget crisis. So what is, I mean, you've, you've just mentioned the buzzword. What is the city's budget crisis? You know, Many of us look at, how they've been crying wolf over this for a number of years now. And yet every year they seem, at least up until this last year, they seem to have built multi-million dollar surpluses. So much that in the last 10 years, their reserve fund has doubled. So do they really have a budget crisis or is it a crisis, Michael, that is based on just overspending? It really is based on overspending and fiscal irresponsibility. A municipal budget is very complicated. There's a lot of uh, revenue sources that are tied to certain expenditures, and you can't use it for other things. So a lot of, in a lot of ways, we do have more than enough money. Uh, that money is going to one-time infrastructure costs, like the $300 million bond that we got two years ago. We do have, on paper, a $14.8 million deficit but we're also spending $42 million a year on debt payments alone, which are mostly going to those bonds. 13 million, 13.6 million of that is merely going to interest. And the city just doesn't have, the city has been doing this for a very long time. And there's an attitude that this is the way we have to do it because it's the way that we have been doing it. But it's driving us to bankruptcy very slowly. And it's especially driving us to not have the money for police officer positions and to keep the library open and to do other things. And we just have to approach this in a modern way and stop doing, stop doing the status quo because the status quo isn't working. And we've been on notice for 20 years that changes would have to be made, and the city hasn't done it. So your professional background is you're, you're in your uh, paralegal, is that correct? That's correct. So you understand and look at things from the law. And does is the city of Salem complying with the law in every area in, in your minds? Or is it just as you've described, it's just bad choices because of a, of a mindset, a cultural mindset that seems to... I think exist within the bureaucracy of the city of Salem, at least to a degree, not everyone. I don't want to paint with a broad brush here, Michael, but is the city following the law? I'm not a lawyer, so I don't have legal opinions. And as far as I am aware, I don't know of anything that the city is doing that is illegal. Um, I know the city has several lawsuits, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean the city is doing illegal things. I do think the issue is an institutional culture problem. 
you know, there's a lot of good people who work at the city. There's a lot of dedicated civil servants, especially our police officers and firefighters. But an institution can be bad at its job, even though everyone's trying to do a good job. Because you have to have a management system um, that makes people be more efficient. And you have to think about the psychology of it. You know, if, if you have a job that doesn't necessarily pay very well, that has very long hours, is dangerous, like being a police officer, you're not necessarily putting your brain power into how can I do my job better? You're thinking about how can I just get through this day and put out the fires that are literally in front of me? Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, the only way that we know about, a, about just dumb ideas or purposeful um, misdirection about bad ideas, bad decisions made in the city. The only way we know about that is because we do have whistleblowers, good people who work at the city of Salem and tell us about some of the waste and just unnecessary money that that's being spent. And it is, it's a cultural thing. And I'm glad that they're there. Just like I'm glad that there are state employees who blow the whistle on the same kind of thing happening in the state of Oregon in our budget. So what, what are your top priorities? What, what is it that you want to achieve if you get elected as a member of the Salem city council in ward five? Well, I've got three overarching goals. Number one is balancing the budget without without um, raising new taxes. And I would prefer not to raise any new fees either. I think that is an achievable goal using better management of the city, more efficient techniques, adopting a management system. And kind of the buzzword for this is, I don't want to cut jobs. I want to make them redundant. The city has to be run more like a business. And it has to accept that this is just the way it is because this is what the voters have demanded and the government's job is to do what voters demand. My number two goal is to continue to improve how we're responding to the homelessness crisis. The city has gotten a lot better even in just the last five years, but you know, we have five times. Are you there? Did, did we lose Michael? Michael, I'm still you're still here. there? Sorry about that. Oh, oh good, 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 good. Yes, I can. My Please alarm went off. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> uh, Salem has five times the homelessness per capita than Portland does. Um, it's a serious problem. We can see it everywhere we go, um, especially in Ward 5. We've got a lot more shelters than we used to have to. But what people who are experiencing homelessness really need is access to services. And everyone is different, and they need different services. Some need addiction counseling. Some need occupational therapy or job retraining. Others need mental health counseling. Some just need someone to tell them about all of these government programs and charity services that are available so that they can get on a waiting list into affordable housing. I mean, a lot of people who are homeless, who have jobs or cars that they sleep in, and they don't know that there are waiting lists to get onto all these affordable housing projects. Um, and of course, we need a lot more of those to fit the demand. But if you're not signed up, you're not on the lottery for it. And so you're, you're just going to be in your car, hopefully, somehow finding a way off the street, um, even though you don't know how to do that. And my third goal is the climate action plan. Uh, we have one, and it's, it's a wish list. It's a wish list of things that mostly the city has zero ability to accomplish, like making it so that all the semi-trucks that deliver 
food and goods to all of our stores be all electric? Well, like, how is the city supposed to do that? We have no ability to influence that. Um, So I want a real climate action plan. I want simple, low-cost, achievable goals that will make Salem a livable and affordable place to live that is more climate-friendly. That would include painting bike lanes on streets that are already wide enough for them because there's no good path north, south, or east, west across Salem on a bike. Um, I want, and in short, I want to use more carrots than sticks. You know, a lot of the actionable things of the current plan make life less comfortable uh, if you're using a car, like reducing the amount of parking or make it more expensive. My first thought when I finished reading the action plan a couple of years ago is I don't know anyone in my neighborhood who could afford to live in Salem if all of these things happened. Boy, you're right. Hey, very quickly, there's the music. We got to let you go. How can people get in touch with you, Michael? Um, go to my website, michaelforsalem.org, and sign up. What I really need is canvassers to go door to door. I don't have a big party against me, and one of my opponents does. michaelforsalem.org. Hey, Michael, come and join us in the war room at the Ike Box today, if you can, between 8 and 3 in the Bay Room, right behind the stage. We have a lot of voters, maybe some of them in Ward 5. Thanks, Michael. Best of luck to you. Thank you, Jeff. Friends, we'll be right back at 648. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. And we are back, my friends. Great to be with you. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. It is the last segment for today. By the way, there's a um, fascinating story here. Um, uh, Epoch Times has a fascinating story about, well, what MIT just wrote about mail-in balloting and how the opportunities for fraud are far greater. Now, we all know that, but MIT is no slouch, folks. No slouch at all. Hey, if you want to help Michael, by the way, Hoselton, get elected to Ward 5, Go to michaelforsalem.org, michaelforsalem.org. You can give him uh, a little bit of help there. Doug writes, AI is a threat to liberty, you say. Kami Klaus Schwab seems to think elections will soon be obsolete because AI will predict and select which candidates are forecasted to win. AI is dependent on the humans being the programmers of the AI. Yes, AI will replace many workers, including government workers and government assistance. Would that be a bad thing? AI could allow for innovation in government assistance and demonstrate the difference between government assistance and a government job. That's a profoundly correct thing. It could, but will it be programmed to do that? 
So join us in the war room today, folks, because we're talking about this. We're talking about Senate Bill 1583. This is the bill that takes school boards authority away to approve curriculum, which means school boards can't say no to pornographic, transgender, LGBTQ, whatever, in their libraries or actually being taught. Guess who gets to approve it all? State Department of Education. You know, that gets ridiculed across the country because they're so bad. There are some good people who work there, but man, you have political appointees appointed by Marxist governors. What do you expect? What do you expect? Anyway, War Room is today, folks. Um, I don't don't know who's showing up today in terms of legislators, but you need to show up. It's going to be a beautiful day. You don't have to worry about rain. You can get free parking if you know where to park next to the transit center. Come. Bring your laptop. Literally, bring your laptop. Watch bills. Watch hearings in progress. Bring your earbuds or your microphones that connect into your laptop because you can watch maybe a different hearing than what we might be watching. We'll be looking at bills as they're happening in real time. We'll be writing up testimony, and maybe some of us will be walking over across the street like Rich said he would be to go testify, to go lobby legislators today on bills. Senate Bill 1583 is going to be voted, work session, going to be voted out of committee on the Senate side at 3 o'clock this afternoon. We're going to be at the Ike Box from 8 to 3. Come and join us. There's a new poll out, by the way, that this is a Gateway Pundit story. This is an Emerson College the Hill newspaper poll. Again, it's not a right-wing poll. Emerson's anything but, folks, for those of you who don't know. It says that Trump crushes all of the Democrats, even if they replace Biden. Now, this is just in one state. This is not a nationwide poll, but this is in Georgia, folks. If they replace Biden, now now Trump's got a big lead. He's got a 6% lead over Biden in Georgia, and there's 11% undecided. But guess what happens when you replace Biden with Kamala Harris? 51% for Trump, 10-point lead, 41% for Harris, and only 8% undecided. And it gets even worse when Gavin Newsom replaces Biden. Trump gets 51%. Newsom only 32%. 17% undecided. Hmm. What do you think? Google's AI... removes their last, their latest, rather, I say chatbot, called Gemini, is getting backlash for generating politically correct history that wipes out white people. Think I'm kidding? 
I'm not. The New York Post asked the chatbot a number of things. And it's an ultra-woke, factually incorrect images is what they came up with. They got bizarre results like a female pope. I know, Rich. Rich writes me, as bad as the roads are in Salem, at least we know they aren't spending money on fixing roads. It's in response to, to Michael Holzelton, um, his interview with us. He's running for Ward 5, michaelforsalem.org. Anyway, uh, a black pope, black Vikings, and gender-swapped versions of famous paintings and photographs. The Gemini generated photos of, when asked about generating photos of the Pope, they generated photos of a Southeast Asian woman and then a black man dressed in papal vestments, despite the fact that all 266 popes in history have been white men. There's pictures of that. And then our founding fathers. <laughs> so, if this is what AI is doing, what else is AI going to do that's going to influence people's thinking prior to an election? How about long-term thinking? How about children in school? So does AI replace Marxist teachers? Hmm. Does AI replace Marxist software designers that are writing Marxist-oriented software for AI? Now, think about that. Hmm? Think about that. Lots to talk about the war room today. Ike Box Coffee House next to the YMCA across from the Capitol. We're there from 8 to 3. We're in the Bay Room right behind the stage. See you tomorrow, folks. It'll be Freedom Friday. Your opportunity to call and talk about whatever you want to talk about. And really. Yeah.